All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five of Crash Culture, the podcast show. Uh, we have a couple of topics to get into. Well, let me first by let me first start by introducing myself, uh, Bam Smith. All of you guys know me out there. What's going on, Crash Culture Nation? Um, let's well, let's get into something. Let's get into some of the things we're gonna talk about. We got Lil Nas. You know, announcing that uh, on the last day of Pride last month that he was uh, gay. We got uh, the NBA free agency and Durant and Kyrie to the Nets. That's crazy. And then you got, uh, uh, <clears throat> you see what I did there, right? All right and then you got, um, what else is out there in the world? Trump meeting with Kim Jong-un. The dictator of North Korea. You know, Trump really kind of think he a dictator in a way. Because he just be meeting with all of these motherfucking communist motherfuckers. And, you know, like he, he walking around talking big shit. Like he really going to do deals with them and stuff like that. But really, at the end of the day, I think it's all like a little uh, a subplot beneath all of that shit that's going on. But we're going to get into it in a minute. It's a Crash Culture Podcast show. All right, back with the Crash Culture Podcast show. But like I was saying, man, this dude fucking, man, this guy Trump, man, you know, what a fucking asshole, bro. He went to go meet with the leader, Kim Jong-un, and they not even really talking about shit because it's the same thing as last time. They was trying to come together on some some nuclear arms agreement where he's trying to nuclear denuclearize North Korea and Trump thinks he's such a great businessman he gonna smooth everything over but really I think that the leader of North Korea Kim is just playing Trump to make the rest of the world look like like be scared of me bitch like I can make this punk ass nigga bow down you feel me and it just I don't know I, I am I and I had a philosophy class in college, and my professor told me this. This was this always stick with me. Uh, no country has enemies or allies; they only have interests. So it's kind of like a mind fuck in a way, because what is in the best interest of America to be friends with? Not necessarily be friends with, but to calm down North Korea, because just a little while ago. That dude, uh, Kim, was oh, had his finger on the button talking about it constantly threatening the United States. Now, if he was doing that since uh, Barack was president. Now, if the United States had any saying that they was like how they was with all these other countries, you know what I'm saying? They would just have blew that shit out, the, out, out of the water. But the threat of uh, a nuclear program is what kept them from doing it. And the reason why America invaded Iraq and Afghanistan and all these other countries and Bush used weapons of mass destruction as like a battle cry to do it, because if another country has weapons, they have something called mutually assured destruction. Okay, they have a short term for it, MAF or MAF or whatever the fuck they want to call that shit, um, where basically of two nuclear powers... 
have the same level of destruction on each side by dropping an atomic bomb or a nuke or whatever, they won't do it. They'll just go to war and lose troops and whatnot. And whoever, you know, it's like a civil way or a civilized way of doing war and doing battle because everybody thinks about war and battle in the sense that, you know what, bitch, they trying to kill us and we trying to kill them. Fuck it, let's go all out and if we feel like we losing, blow their ass up. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, how you gonna recoup the land that you just destroyed? You feel me? If you want to go back to war with them again and get it back. You know what I'm saying? Say, for instance, you get a rebellion or a resistance or, you know, in America's case, I don't think it's ever gonna come to that because we spend more on our military than the next 10 to 12 countries combined. So, war is America's specialty. I don't think it's ever gonna be a, a point of we're scared of another country, we're just trying to minimize our casualties on this side and what happens to us in America. If something is like, uh, like what Kim was working on was an intercontinental missile, if something like that was to hit America, that president would be seen as somewhat of a failure for allowing this terrorist attack to happen on their soil, which to me, they are already kind of failures in a sense because, I mean, terrorist attacks go on every day with the KKK, but that's another issue that we're going to get into a little bit later on in, in future podcasts, I'm sure. We got into it in previous podcasts in the past. But, um, yeah. We we want our interest right now is basically just to calm Kim down and, and reassure him that um, we got his back and Trump care about him and all of that bullshit. And you know what I'm saying? Keep him from pushing a nuclear weapon or, or the intercontinental missile and blowing us up. But it still doesn't stop or mitigate the fact that Trump is still an asshole in my eyes. I don't care whatever the fuck he do. Unless he give me reparations for the black community, I don't give a fuck. Trump is an asshole, bro. Really, all of these political leaders, you know, put that in quotation, political leaders are assholes to me at the end of the day. Ain't that, because, I mean, ain't no way you can sit around and think of all of the fuck shit they think about unless they're inherently assholes. Think about it. They are fighting universal health care for everybody in America. Obamacare was doing a tax. They took that off. That's all good and fine and dandy. But at the same time, you still got so many people that still need health care. And you got motherfuckers that really can't afford it. I know me. Let me speak from personal experience when I say that I pretty much never had health care since high school unless it's been on a job. So even if I get injured, I can't afford to feel hurt. You see what I'm saying? That's why bitches got a hard time hurting my feelings. I can't afford to be hurt. I can't afford it. You understand? They never really fixed the job market. You know what I'm saying? And we still walk, and they these motherfucking assholes still around here thinking that uh, slavery has no impact on the black community today. 
You have to be an asshole to think like this. I cannot make this shit up, ladies and gentlemen. You have to be a dickhead. A straight dickhead to think like all the way these guys fucking think. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. And this shit didn't just start with Trump. I'm talking about motherfuckers that's been on Capitol Hill 20 years in, in the Senate and the House and all of this shit. And that keep getting reelected because the majority of the country is so racist. They don't give a fuck what these motherfuckers are going to actually do for the country and making the country as a whole a better place as long as they take care of the few, the proud, the 1%, or the, the rich motherfuckers that already got their money or inherited money like Trump. They want to make sure they taking care of those. Trump don't give a fuck if you white or black at the end of the day. He proved that with Kanye. As long as you got enough money and you kiss his ass, that's all he give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? And Trump know he gonna have to do a little bit of ass kissing because at the end of the day, he's an asshole. So he don't mind kissing Putin ass. He don't mind kissing Kim ass because Putin got shit on him and he friends with Kim and Kim probably got some shit on him. And then on top of that, Kim is uh, have the threat of a weapons program and Trump was too pussy to go to war with him. But let me not say that. Well, yeah, let me say that because I ain't going to get drafted anyway, bitch. You feel me? But, um, yeah, that's how that shit go. You know, every day, every day I see him on the TV, my stomach hurt. My head hurt. And I say, this country is so fucking stupid, bro. It's so stupid. Shit be so ass backwards. Everybody do shit just to spite another motherfucker instead of actually doing things that are logically going to make this country a better place. You know, I, I propose this question. Was America ever actually great? I know a lot of black people, especially since Trump got elected, been asking themselves, when the fuck has this country ever been great? So how the hell are you going to make it great again? That's the first thing you need to get out of the way. And that's the first thing we need to understand before we over here making these big ass claims of fame, like making this motherfucker great again when it never initially was great. I don't need to do, give you a history lesson. We don't need to go over all of the segregation, Jim Crow, Jim Crow slavery, apartheid, and all of these um, financial institutions not giving loans to black families. We have two different recollections of what America actually is. And by definition, we have two different definitions of what great actually is if you think that this country has ever been great you understand it's not just Trump this bullshit didn't start with him it's a bigger issue it's a bigger issue for why 
our politicians or the people that are making policy don't do shit to actually help the great majority of the populace of America because the majority of motherfuckers in America are poor. The minority is the rich. And let's get these words and these terminologies correct. I don't like the term minority for black people, Hispanic people, and, and, and uh, you know, immigrants from foreign countries that aren't European. That's what they use to refer to as minority. Because the thing about that is, if you talk to a Caribbean black person, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody that was a part of that African diaspora, they would connect in a lot of different ways to other black people, whether they African American, whether they uh, British or whatever, whatever, however you want to call yourself, you may have certain things that connect you. You know what I'm saying? Because black people, for some reason, it's just in our blood. The rhythm's in our blood. So, but if you ask them customarily what they would act if you say where you from they'll be quick to tell you I'm from Jamaica man or I'm from uh, VI that was a Bahamian accent by the way you know what I'm saying they, they'll be quick to say some shit like that because it's a sense of nationalist pride that they have not to be confused with white nationalism but most Caribbean uh, Africans they have a sense of pride in their island in their culture because it's unique to them because they grew up around it and they, they know other people in other countries don't have the benefit of that that's why they have carnivals and that's why they have all of these festivals and stuff it's to celebrate them, their culture, their people, their family. In African American, we have certain things like Juneteenth. We have certain things that we try to put in place of that, like Fourth of July, where we all get together and have a fish fry. You know, we might have uh, um, what's the name of that shit? Memorial Day weekend. We have so many other things that aren't really culturally bringing us together but they're bringing us together like you know what I'm saying like in a sense of like we're, we're being around our family we're being around people that are like us you feel me that's what those holidays do but culturally they're not teaching us anything like say for instance Haitian flag day culturally that teaches their kids the generations of kids 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 that this was the day that we actually gained independence. We fought and we're proud of it. You see what I'm saying? We have that, but it's not as celebrated. You understand? In uh, Africa, African America, we have these things, but they're not as celebrated. Hell, we have Kwanzaa that was invented by a black man that was very popular in the 90s and then for some reason, the corporate holiday that is Christmas 
took over and like kind of just wiped it out. They had one year with Kwanzaa where every black person wanted to celebrate it for a little while. And then they was like, damn, we like Christmas more. You know, because all of these mind-numbing junkies, they just want to go to the store and buy something and give to a person. And people just want to open up shit. You know, I'm just going over all of the different ways in which we think that this country is great, but in reality, what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the wealth of this country, the technology. A lot of people say, you shouldn't complain. You have it better than somebody in Somalia. You have it better than somebody over here. Listen, it's a bunch of atrocities that go on in the world. All right? Bunch of atrocities. Most of these atrocities can be contributed to people that are the 1% of the world, the people that own the banks and the, the world leaders and the countries that have monarchs that are superpowers like Britain. Most of these problems can be attributed to them because they rape the continent of Africa of its natural resources, enslaved its people, and scattered them throughout the world to go along with Spain, to go along with uh, uh, Portugal. Uh, Portugal's, Portugal's in Spain. But what's the name of that other uh, fucking country where King Leopold came and he... Uh, had the African genocide. You know, he had something called like the African Holocaust. Belgium. Belgium was one of them countries that came to Africa and also murdered and slaughtered millions. Look him up. King Leopold. Just go to Google, type in King Leopold in Africa and you're looking at the Holocaust like, damn, that really wasn't that bad compared to what happened to those Africans and how many of them it would they were affected by that. And then on top of that, you know, you still have the white farmers who still are trying to fight the Africans to keep the land over there. Land in which they stole. The Africans giving you time to get out. The right thing that they doing is giving you time and getting to get out, to gather your things together and get yourself right and, and situated and get out of that country. But no, 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 no. You can't do that. You want to have, you want to take issue with that. You want to say, hey, it's our country too. No, it's not, bitch. That's just like America. We helped build this land as African-Americans. Look up all this shit I tell you if you don't believe me. Cotton was king back in the day. We helped build this nation's wealth. So don't give me this shit about, oh, we should be grateful for how things are right now because things ain't great right now. That's one thing we don't understand. Things ain't never really been great. For all of this, the, the blood, sweat, and tears our ancestors and people that came before us put into this land to make it better, it's still miles from where it could be with all of the technology that it has and also with having it be the most powerful military in the world. This country is the most powerful military in the fucking world. You know, we can fucking bomb a million countries and spend trillions of dollars on all of this shit 
but yet and still we're debating whether this whether this senior citizen should get health care or not because they have a pre-existing condition. We still have college graduates with master's degrees that have to work minimum wage paying jobs. And people still pumping in your head, go to school for to meet the status quo. And the job market is already fucked up as it is because it ain't that many great jobs to begin with. Tell me more. Tell me more. When has this country ever been great? I told you. For all of the blood, sweat, and tears that, for, that all these slave ancestors, the Native Americans' deaths, and um, countless other immigrants' struggle to make this land a better place, and all of the technology that it currently has at its disposal, all of the civil liberties that we have. They aren't given to us. They had to be fought for. It's our rights. And yet and still we can have a police still kill a young innocent black man or woman and get away scot-free. You can still have a white dude rape somebody and he only do two months probation while a black man get falsely accused of rape and has to spend 12 years in prison. We still got shit like that going on and we some we nowadays have some of the best minds in the world working in this country. Still so many issues with such a developed nation. And you want me to take pride in it? Not to mention Oh man, we, we gonna get into that in, uh, a little bit in a, in a minute. Uh, speaking of pride, Lil Nas X came out and he just, you know, came out of left field with this stuff. We gonna talk about that more in a minute. This is the Crash Culture Podcast Show. All right, we're back with the Crash Culture Podcast Show. Lil Nas X. <sighs> I love that song, man. Take my doors to the old town road. I don't know I'm going to sing ride till I can't no more, no more. But I used to love that song. You know? But I have a friend who said that this could be a label move. I completely agree with him. Because Lil Nas X with this song, it came out, and I keep saying this, it came out as a fucking joke. It was a joke. To me, it sounded like a joke. It sounded like somebody, you know, playing with it as a parody. You feel me? And then it was um, Red Dead Redemption was the video to it. That was the music video of the song Old Town Road for the longest. 
He just he stumbled into a hit. You feel me? Because all of the kids caught on. All of the kids started singing. Nowadays, if the kids like something, they make it popping. They set the trends. They set how that motherfucker gonna get money. That is true with Fortnite, and it's true with Old Town Road. These are the things that corporate businesses are aware of. And labels, big labels, that's things that they're aware of. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure Lil Nas X wasn't making this shit obvious, even though he tried to say in his song Closure, the most recent song that he dropped, um, he made it pretty obvious in the music video. But that ain't making it pretty obvious all along like you've been like this. Gave no indication to nobody that you was this way. And it's not like Frank Ocean where Frank Ocean's an R&B singer. You feel me? R&B singers are to be, they're, they're, the stereotype on them is they're kind of in touch with their feminine side. That's how they can make that music and sing those ways and not, you know, nobody look at them any different because they already have this precognition that they're in more in touch with their feminine side than a regular man because they're making love music. You know? But this old time road was supposed to be country trap. You know what I'm saying? And it turned more into a trap than a country song. Because here I am and here a lot of black people are, you know, saying that they put it, took a song off the country billboard hot 100 and that was wrong. And that's true. They still need to put his shit back on the country billboard hot 100. But that was an asshole move to just come out of nowhere and say, oh, no, you know what? I'm gay. Why does it matter? Bitch, if it didn't matter, you would have said that shit from the jump. You know that shit matter, man. Stop playing these semantics and all these puss-ass, fuck-pussy-hoe games. You know what I'm saying? Stop playing these games. Everybody like to play these fucking games. I'm not with them, bro. Like, be a hundred about your shit, bro. If that's the way you is, say that from the jump. Let everybody know that. And don't fear nothing. It's not the fact that you coming out saying this shit. It's the fact of when you coming out saying this shit. It feel like you played our whole community. In the end, you're going to just play yourself. You're, you didn't got the success. Your shit already diamond. Now, the LBGT community is going to take the torch. And they're going to support you and make sure they defend you at all costs. But at the same time, you kind of betrayed the heterosexual black male community. And it might not matter to you because you may feel like, you know, you, you, you like these up, you like an up the back jack a little bit more than a, a, a straight up Bruce. You feel me? But, um, you know, that, that's kind of fucked up, dog. That was, a, that was a label move at his core, bro, because he felt like, that that was one. He was kind of going to be seen to me as a one-hit wonder. I don't know if he could have came out with anything to top Old Town Road success ever. So, basically, in order to get people attracted to his new music, I felt like this was a ploy, a, a PR ploy, or a hype ploy. Because nowadays, all of these young kids always want to play games like they gay, but they really don't be gay. They just be confused sometimes. 
But then again, you never know. He could be gay and he could be on uh, Old Town Road talking about uh, Brokeback Mountain. And here we just not figuring the shit out and he just not telling us about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's going to be kind of hard for me to sing that song again, you know, in my life. You feel me? Especially when it get to those certain parts of that motherfucker where it's kind of iffy. You feel me? But, um, yeah, it ain't going to matter in about a year or two. It's just like 6 9 He ain't going to matter in about a year or two. It's just like all these rappers that come today and go on tomorrow, they ain't going to matter in a year or two. But that was some hell of a news. And like I say, I feel like that's a plot, bro. I feel like that's a plot. They have a lot of uh, over-feminization in TV. And then you have a lot of the Pride Month, even on cartoons. I, I told you, I was watching a fucking cartoon on Hulu with my nephew. And they say June is Pride Month. You know what I'm saying? Not It just... You know, like trying to ram that shit, homosexuality down straight people's throats, so to speak, figuratively to speak, is wrong. This is your sexuality choice. That's not the way that you were born. Don't tell me that's the way that you were born. You were born a man or a woman, period. Okay? Inherently, you only know what your family teaches you. You pick up behaviors and lifestyles and spirits when you go into the real world. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way life goes. And then sometimes you use these things to play games. Like Young Thugs, he plays all these homosexual games and wears dresses and stuff like that, but has a wife. You know? Lose Vert do the same uh, gay stuff too, but he have wives and girlfriends. So... A lot of guys nowadays, you know, they kind of took that uh, that 70s vibe of Prince and guys wearing jerry curls and wearing leotards and all of this shit, the, the 70s, 80s, and they took that and they fucking just blew that shit out of control and brought it into hip-hop because hip-hop never was really about that type of shit. Hip-hop was about being hard. Hip-hop was about telling your struggle and telling, talking about your life and making music that people could dance to. You know what I'm saying? But they took that making music people could dance to and they emphasized it and blew that motherfucker up and then they said, nah, it's all about coming up with a new dance. It's all about following the trend. It's all about having a nice beat. It's all about what gimmick can you do to get people to pay you attention. That's what it's all about now in hip-hop. And does it surprise me that he would do that? That Lil Nas would come out of nowhere and just say this now? No, it doesn't really surprise me that of what anybody in music nowadays, the music industry or the movie industry or the television industry for that matter, what they would do or say. It doesn't really surprise me anything what they would do or say because, you know, fame is a drug. Once you have a little bit, you can never have enough. That's how it go. Once you get that fame, that, that little taste of real success and real fame and celebrity, you don't never want to come back down. You don't want to go back to being a regular person. A lot of people that after they go back to being a regular person, they try to say, oh, 
I wish I handled it this way and I wish I handled it that way. They wasn't thinking about that when they was in that position. So I don't want to hear the shit later on. You know what I mean? But uh, only time will tell if this shit really a joke or is this man really serious. I'm going to take what he said at face value and that he's serious and that he's actually a homosexual. And um, he's proud of that. But why would you come out on the last day of that or that pride month? You know, it's too much like, why would you do this? Why, why, why? You know what I'm saying? At this time, you had so much time before this to do this. You feel me? It just seemed like a label move. It just really looked like something that somebody above him would tell him to do. In order to get more fans, in order to get more attention, and on top of all of this other shit, you know what I'm saying? In order to keep his name still relevant. I, that's just how I feel about it, man. I don't know. Maybe people out there may feel a little bit different, and everybody's entitled to their opinion when it comes to this. But this is a very strong issue because a lot of kids running around singing this song. Hell, I was running around singing this song, so I was kind of a fan of the song. And just a, just something like sexuality, when the artist made it, would change the meaning of it. It would change the meaning. I mean, like, in the same sense that your tone when you say something, like, come here, girl. If you say that to a girl, like, come here, girl. She'll be like, okay. If you like, come here, girl. It, it changes the meaning of what you just said. So people try to, like, I, I know a lot of fans are going to try and defend this shit. But he basically changed the meaning of his whole song. Just by declaring his sexuality. And nobody's going to really understand that. They're just going to blindly defend it. Because everybody's more concerned about uh, social media activism and being politically correct. Than actually being right and calling a spade a spade. This is the Crash Culture Podcast Show. Well, in other hip-hop news, uh, J. Cole's dropping a Revenge of the Dreamers um, album, compilation, project, whatever the fuck you want to call it, where you have all of the guys that's underneath his label, like Bass, J.I.D., and all of those other guys that I don't know who the fuck they are, are coming out with a compilation project of music that is supposed to hit this week. I don't know how good it's going to be, but I hope it it, it, it gives us something because Kendrick ain't dropping nothing no time soon. That's a stingy motherfucker with his music. Boy, I love Kendrick's music, you know, and I love him as a rapper, but this is a stingy motherfucker. He only dropped like once a year, sometimes once every two years, bro. You green as fuck, bro. Drop something. Fuck. That's what everybody be asking. Oh, look, when you dropping Eternal Intake, shut the fuck up, man. When is Kendrick dropping another album? That's what I want to know. But anyways, I bet y'all ain't know this. I bet you a lot of y'all motherfuckers ain't know. I just found this out. That uh, the LAPD is launching an internal affairs investigation into Nipsey Hussle's murder and the actions of a front desk clerk right after Nipsey Hussle's murder. It said that the woman, the getaway driver, then Eric Holder, Nipsey Hussle's uh, murderer 
The lady saw her car on the news and went into the 77, 77th district of the LAPD to talk to somebody about that, that she didn't know that she was a getaway driver for what he had done. And the lady at the front desk, the uh, clerk, an unknown uh, police clerk, told the lady, don't worry about it, go ahead. And this is why she wasn't held or arrested as an accomplice at that point in time. Everybody was wondering, like, how the fuck are you the getaway driver? You're an accomplice to murder, and you don't go to jail. Because the lady at the front desk told her, don't worry about it. So now the LAPD is launching an internal investigation into the affairs and the conduct of that officer. And, you know, like his mom said at the BET Awards, she come to grips and had to come to grips with her son being assassinated. I have a matter of fact, uh, um, a video reaction to that BET Awards. I've been trying to release it last week, but we got this whole family union thing coming up and I've been busy. So all of these uh, videos that I've got in the chamber and ready to drop, they all dropping this week. Y'all go subscribe to me on YouTube, but not me, us, because Crash Culture is a, a band of many people. It's not just me. It's all of the people that help me create this and whoever helps me with the YouTube, whoever helps me with the podcast. So many people come out and give me great ideas, you know. So subscribe to us on uh, YouTube, uh, like us on Facebook and share us and uh, follow us on Instagram at Crash Culture TV. All of these channels are Crash Culture TV. This is the home of the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we have this uh, these many platforms in which we, we try to stream to and get this message across. But, uh, yeah. Do you believe that shit? A lot of people don't even know it, though. Not yet, because then everybody would be upset all over again. LAPD. Internal investigation and the Nipsey Hustles murderers getaway driver. You know that's what it's about, but it's into that that uh, front front desk officer or clerk, whatever they want to call that shit nowadays. And her telling the girl, "Don't the young lady, don't worry about it." When she came in there to report. What happened? Kind of makes Nipsey Hussle mom look really, really sane when she said what she said when she got up there and said that that she she understands that her son was assassinated. And then it, it makes even more sense that when Nipsey, that a lot of people say his last words was, "You got me," you know. Shit crazy, bro. Shit is crazy. Real, for real. That's a big loss. And to hear this now, it ain't gonna bring him back. It ain't gonna bring him back. Really, be honest with you. They could tear down the whole LAPD, murder Eric Colder in the worst way possible, and it's still not gonna bring him back. Like, damn.
Hip hop to me don't got the same type of tone to it. I'm, I'm like I say, I'm still waiting on a lot of people to speak. You know that little that little shit Drake put together ain't enough. You got to drop another album because Scorpion was okay, but it's now a year past, and you know I don't hear the in my feelings challenge going on no more. It was popping for a while, but I don't hear about the challenge no more. I don't even hear the song on the radio as much anymore. So it's all about what have you done for me lately. Really, when it comes to this music game. Um, up next, we're going to talk about the NBA free agency. This is what I've really been trying to get to. I mean, you can fast forward all of the rest of the other shit I've been talking about today. Minus the Nipsey Hustle and uh, LAPD part. But um, yeah, let's get to this NBA free agency. I'm going to break it all down for you guys. Coming up next. All right. 2019 NBA free agency. Let's get into it. Let me uh, start by explaining to you guys a little bit about capology. Okay. No, I'm not talking about the cap that you wear on the top of your head or the cap that you do when you be talking that shit. We're talking about the capology of NBA teams cap of how much money they could spend on their roster. Because if, we're, if every team could spend however much money they had on their roster, every team could offer buku amounts of money to any player just to win championships. And that's a lot of what it would seem like that the Los Angeles Lakers are doing and what the New York Nets was trying to do, but they can't do because uh, their owner is a dickhead. He's along that Trump's mold. I think a lot of people from New York are just assholes in general. But, um, yeah. Let's talk first starting off with the Miami Heat. My team, your team, our team, the Miami Heat. Uh, recently on a couple of my podcasts, I've been very critical of Pat Riley. Okay. He pulled off the trade to get Jimmy Butler. I'm still going to be critical of him because what I said about him is still true. And as long as Dion motherfucking garbage ass waiters is on that Miami heat, I don't give a fuck what he do. It'll never be enough. It'll never motherfucking be enough. So, yeah, he should still get fucking fired. Because Deion Waiters, bad contract waiters, is still on the motherfucking Miami Heat. Gave him $80 million. And he haven't played one full season yet in a Heat uniform. And they gave him that money after he was injured the first few years. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Got Drogic still on payroll, and Drogic is not that guy. You know what I'm saying? That you want at your point guard. You don't want a, a Goran Drogic as your point guard. All he know how to do is go do one thing: try and drive in the fucking paint, take all these fast breaks. He don't have no basketball IQ about him at a point guard position. Of course, he has talent for scoring and stuff like that. That's what you get from playing overseas. You get a talent or a knack to score. But at the same time, like your his level of understanding with the game of basketball and how it's supposed to be played in an organized sense 
is so limited and so low. I never wanted him on the Heat just as much as I never wanted waiters on the Miami Heat. All right. The only guy that we wound up getting in recent memory that was great to me and he embodied Heat culture was James Johnson. He reminded me of Udonis Haslam. I said, okay, let's keep James Johnson. He reminds me of Haslam. He played defense. He could whoop your ass. He big, tall, strong, and he could get it on both ends. You know what I'm saying? He could jump out of nowhere and surprise you and just bang on everybody. You know, I liked him. And then I like uh, the, the young boy, um, the skinny dunking ass dude, Johnson or, or some, some, some crazy ass name, but he jumping out of the gym. I'll, I'll check, fact check my names with you. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. What's his name? Kid jumping out the fucking gym. If anything, I would say we keep that guy. We should keep this guy. This And he's a young, very young player. Very young player, so... Derek Jones Jr. Derek Derek Jones Jr. The kid is jumping out the gym. He did a lot of eye-popping highlights last year. A lot of eye-popping things. I really like the Derek Jones Jr. kid. Um, Bam Adebayo is developing, and that's one of the reasons why we traded Whiteside. Because Whiteside, he got that money, and he he looked the part of a shot blocking dominant big man you know he's all bicep and pecked up seven foot tall you know strong could jump and block motherfuckers and dunk on motherfuckers like he looks the role that we needed him to look in Miami he just never played that way because his energy and effort was always up and down that's one of the things about Whiteside that I mean that pissed Shaq off in the playoffs even White side effort has always been up and down, and, and he's not gonna really have success until he figured until he humbles himself and realize that he got these deals, he got these people looking at him because of the potential that he exhibited. You know, so that's how I feel about Whiteside. But um he's in a Portland uniform now, so it don't fucking matter. Fuck him. Um we need to still get, get rid of Goron, Justice Winslow, and Deion Waiters. Those, to me, are the three bad contracts that we have left. I can live with a Kelly Olenek for now. I don't know how much longer because, you know, he showed something last year. And really, outside of Jimmy Butler and uh, Bam Adebayo and Derek Jones, Miami ain't got shit. Oh, and J- yeah, and James Jones. So, one, two, three, four, four players. Four players. That's what we got right now. That's what we're working with, you guys. And Bam is an undersized center. He's not really supposed to be playing center. He's supposed to be playing power four. So, really, we have a three-man starting lineup and a solid bench player. I think this Tyler Hero guy is going to be ass- Look look at him. He wears a fucking headband. Look at this dude. 
Like, he wore a headband in college. Like, are you fucking serious? But anyways, um, yeah, man, we need to get some other people in there, man. We need to get some other guys in here. Like, I want to believe that the Miami Heat will be, a, uh, will be a playoff team no matter what. But uh, we still got a little ways to go. And we still got more players to get. You know? I think it's still more free agents on the market. I was thinking about uh, your boy, Demarcus Cousins, but you know he's a locker room cancer, so I don't know. You know, you see the Miami Heat had him, couldn't win with him, so mm, I don't know too much how I would feel about him coming to Miami. Stanley Johnson is one of those guys who was the number eight overall pick and never really developed. So I don't know if we want to take a shot on him. I wish we could get Bradley Bill. If we could make a trade, sign and trade for Bradley Bill. But this is what I'm talking about with Pat Riley that pisses me off so bad. Because he fucked up the cap with all these bad contracts. So now you got to do two things at once. You know what I'm saying? And for all you guys that didn't know, a team have a certain amount of salary cap. Like say, for instance, they salary for their team for that year is a hundred million. They have a hundred million of salary dollars to pay for that season to whatever players. So those players coming in there, let's say for instance that season, they gotta make 20 million, 10 million, 15 million, 5 million, 1 million. And the only way you can go over that cap is if the players already are on your team. But you will wind up paying a luxury tax, depending on how much you are over that cap. For each dollar that you're over that that salary cap, that's a penalty for you exceeding the salary cap. Even though you we understand you wanted to keep these players, you wanted to pay them, but you still have to take that cap hit. You still have to pay a luxury tax for you having these great players. You know what I'm saying? That's what broke up Jordan's Bulls because they didn't have enough money to pay them all. You know, so that's really how that happened. But, uh, yeah, I say uh, I don't want Jabari Parker. But a Bradley Bill. I'll take a Bradley Bill in a Miami uniform any day of the week. I think that will be beautiful with him and Jimmy Butler, you know, and Bam, James Johnson. All we need to do is get, like, a point guard. You still got Rondo on the market, you know. Bring him on into the Miami Heat culture. You know, he's that type of hard-working guy, blue-nosed guy. Plays really, really hard. So, blue-chip, I mean, blue-collar guy. Plays really, really hard. So, um, yeah, that, that I can see Miami being a playoff team and making a run if they were to construct their team like that with Bradley Bill, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, James Johnson, and uh, possibly one other player. Other than those two big names is uh, like probably probably maybe Jabari Parker at the power forward, even though he ain't been playing like beautiful these past couple of years. Last year, he had a, a better season than anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, maybe get those three guys in the heat uniform and see what we can work out in the meantime or Jeff Green even. That'd be great, too, because Jeff Green has shown flashes. 
You know, Kelly Oubre is on the market, but Kelly Oubre is more concerned about being a pretty boy and wearing Supreme and all of this goofy shit on the court than his actual play. So I don't want a Kelly Oubre in Miami. For what? So he can come down here and feel like he LeBron on South Beach and get all over again? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good off Kelly Oubre. You know. Um, but yeah, next we getting up into this this free agency, you know, and more so about the things that these other teams have signed and these players have made and what it means for the NBA going forward. All right, more free agency news. More on the four-team trade involving the Clippers and the Philly, Philly 76ers, Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, the Portland Trail Blazers basically are getting um, Hassan Whiteside. 76ers are getting Josh Richardson. And the LA Clippers are getting Maurice Harkless. And uh, the Miami Heat is getting Jimmy Butler. So that's a four-team trade for us to get Jimmy Butler. I know a lot of people are wondering if that deal, how it was going to get finalized. That's how it got finalized. A lot of people had to move for sake of contract and uh, with Hassan having that Supermax contract that we gave him and not living up to it, he had to go in order for us to make money for uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, like I say, we, if we could flip Deion Waiters and... Um, Goran Dragic and the Bradley Bill, that'd be perfect. I would, I would, hey, listen, I would give a formal apology to Pat Riley if he could pull that off. Let's see. But right now, as it still stands, he still pisses me off. Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell of the Golden State Warriors, two-time NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, former two-time NBA champion. I forgot to say that, because <laughs> the rappers did whoop that ass. Um... He Jordan Bell's with the Timberwolves now, guys. Not sure how I feel about that. He's a role player. Kevon Looney re-signed with the Warriors. Good for him. And uh, D'Angelo Russell signed a five-year, $117 million deal with the Warriors. A lot of people think that's going to be great. I think that's going to be bad. Very, very bad. That's a bad move by Golden State. Because if you look at it like this, D'Angelo Russell... Is not known for his defense. He's a great pastor where Steph Curry is weak, but he's not known for his defense. He's not a better shooter than Steph or Clay. He's just a guy who can create his own shot better because he can get to certain spots on the floor and get his shot off on certain people that Steph Curry may have time or uh, a difficult time doing because he's a shorter guy, or Clay may have a difficult time doing because he's not super athletic. So, He's more athletic and rangy in the sense that he can get to his spots and get a shot off. But essentially, he plays either Steph or Clay's position. You mean to tell me you're going to bring Clay back off an ACL injury and expect him to guard guys like LeBron James, fucking Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and all of the other small, the small forward position, the prototypical small forward position is supposed to be one of the deepest. I mean, you got a... Uh, uh, um, Paul George, who used to be small for, but I think he's more along the, the shooting guard role now, you know. But the small forward position is really thick and tough and critical to guard. You know what I'm saying? 
And who the fuck is Steph or D'Angelo Russell going to guard? Because to me, I haven't seen enough D'Angelo Russell defense for me to say that he's great on that end of the floor. You know, Steph Curry is, of course, suspect. But uh, D'Angelo Russell got to pick up for that, pick up that slack. And I doubt he's he's capable of doing any of that. Uh, Moving on. The Brooklyn Nets got Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. Oh, yeah, I did say, allude to that a little bit. But, yeah, they got those guys, man. And I'm happy for KD that even though he got injured, trying to play his ass off, and Andre Godala got traded for this very reason, for him talking about the injuries that they misdiagnosed in Golden State just to push you back on the floor. They make the injury seem less severe than what it is just to push you back on the floor. He had a fractured leg last year against Houston, and they were still trying to push him on the floor saying that it was just a strain. So that show you that Kevin Durant didn't have just a calf strain. He had an Achilles strain, and they pushed him back on the floor, trying to, and they did that game. They did that game. They get, oh, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? Had all of the players anxious. Everybody's fighting, fighting in the hopes that KD's going to come back and save us. So he steps onto the court. He said, you know what? I don't want to let these guys down. Pops his Achilles. For a franchise who never really appreciated him in the first fucking place. Because all I kept hearing is, oh, they won without him. They were 73-9 and nine when he got there. But they needed him to win. And he needed them to have a team that passed the ball and plays actual basketball instead of hog the ball like Russell Westbrook was doing. He needed them in the sense that he just wanted to play on a regular team. And they was the best viable team. Because he can't go play with LeBron at that moment in time. Think about it. And he looking around the NBA, it was nobody else really at that point in time besides Golden State and fucking uh, Cleveland. OKC was right there, but we all know what happened with Russell Westbrook, and he just didn't feel like he could win with that guy. But Golden State knew if they didn't get somebody, they was going to risk coming back another year into the league with a position that everybody knows is suspect on them and a weakness that they have. And it being capitalized on. So they had to make a move. And they got one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA right now. You know, pre-injury. Kevin Durant. A lot of people regarded him as the best player of the world. When he won those back-to-back finals MVPs. Because he was the one who led them there and ran the show. And he was going to show us again this year. Before he got injured against Houston, he was going to show us again this year, like, boy, y'all got another motherfucking thing coming. If you think any other player is going to pass or pass me, I done got the title now. Now I'm going to ride this thing out, get my third wing, and dip on these motherfuckers. And then that injury happened. So you just hate to see it. You just hate to see it. But, um... Yeah, we got a couple of other free agents that, um, you know, going to make some sort of splash. A lot of people sleeping on this um, this Wayne Ellerton to the New York Knicks. That'll be good for him because he's going to help the young guys out like R.J. Barrett develop their shot and, and whatnot. You know, so that'll be great. That'll be great. 
the Miami Heat, the rumor around the league is the Miami Heat are working with point guard Goran Dragic to find a trade partner this week. So, we want, I want your boy Bradley Bill. That'd be great if we can get him. I'm glad the Clippers paid Pat Bev. He deserve it. Three three years, forty million. That's a little bit over ten million a year. Twelve million a year. Uh, that's good for him. Andre Iguodala is gonna do a buyout and go to the Lakers. Uh, that'll be good for him. Get back at the Warriors. Everybody gonna be gunning to get the Warriors and like completely eradicate them as being any sort of dynasty again. Um. New Orleans. Ah, uh, shit. JJ Reddick. That's good. Who else? Who else around the league doing something? Philly got Tobias Harris, which they overpaid $180 million for Tobias Harris. Like, bro, that shit was crazy. I don't know if that number is 100% correct for Tobias Harris. But that's a crazy ass number for a guy who was to me a role fucking player. Um, and they got uh Al Horford. That'll be good for them. So like defensively in the middle, they're gonna be solid. They're gonna be solid offensively in the middle, but they're not gonna be spectacular offensively. Um with Al Horford and 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 um Joel and B because when you go play inside and out basketball, the ball becomes stagnant. It slows. You get a lot more off open shots, but the tempo of the game is slowed down now, and every shot is a little bit more critical. You see what I'm saying? And if Ben Simmons don't find a motherfucking three pointer, like JJ Redick not there to save his ass like that no more. So he gotta find a motherfucking shot. You better have been working on that shit all summer. Ain't nobody see nothing about him. And Julius Zion with no hops. Randall has agreed to $63 million with New York. Uh, Anything. New York is the laughing stock of the NBA. I, I ain't even going to talk about New York no more. They whack as fuck. The only team in New York that matter now is Brooklyn. Chris Stapps re-signed with Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for him. Fuck, fuck Dallas. Um, Chris Middleton signed back with the Bucks. Cool for them. Uh, Derrick Rose, your boy, your boy has signed with the Detroit Pistons, fifteen million. You know, I didn't really like him until I like until I heard more about his story and I listened more into him. You know, uh, Derrick Rose went through a lot of shit. Kimber Walker to the Celtics. That's a whatever. He's a defensive liability. He's a great offensive talent, but defensive liability. So. Yeah. Uh, but J.R. Smith, he need to go play in China again. I don't want to see him back on the same team with LeBron James again. That'll be whack as fuck. You feel me? Everybody want to play with LeBron James. Like, man, I'm really, really, I'm just beating around the bush till I get to this shit. Because fucking Kawhi Leonard ain't decided yet. How the fuck you win an NBA championship? You are the best player right now in the NBA. You you got everything in front of you, and you say you want to go to all of these teams, and all these teams out here willing to offer you as much money as they can humanly offer you, and you can't make up your motherfucking mind. It's not that motherfucking hard. If you want to go to L.A., it's the Clippers. 
or the motherfucking Lakers, all right? Make your decision and be done with it. That's what's so annoying about that shit to me. Like, you don't know a little bit beforehand that, okay, I like this team, but I'm going to listen to what this other team say and just get it out the way. KD knew. He knew. He was like, I'm done with Golden State. After Draymond said that comment to him, you's a bitch and you know you's a bitch. And we won without you. Leave. Durant was like, oh, yeah? All right, bitch, I'm out. And then they seen that they needed him, and then they tried to make it like it was water under the bridge. But Draymond violated, and it was too late. It was too fucking late. So, KD's going to New York Nets. Kyrie's going to the New York Nets. I mean, Brooklyn Nets. And uh, the Celtics, they got a little, a smaller, sorrier version of him. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be that good. But, um, yeah, the Celtics got some young talent. Like, I seen Jalen Brown working out in the gym. I mean, he could jump. He got some game to him. Jalen Brown got a little game to him. You know, so do um, your boy Jason Tatum. He can be the face of that franchise. But um, he needs to really improve more. Because his career high is not, what, above 30? You know, he's another one that reminds me of a Justice Winslow with 28. But everybody tried to heap all this praise and hype on him. But Jason Tatum is a, a couple steps above that. I'm not saying, I'm not putting him in the same category with Justice Winslow. Because Justice Winslow didn't have four years to develop. You know, Jason Tatum need to develop. Take that next step. Let's see him take that next leap next, next season to averaging 20 plus a game. You know, because uh, last year he just underwhelmed me. And Terry Rozier signing with Charlotte. Mm, he got his own team now. Now, if he ain't averaging 20, I don't want to hear his shit he got to say ever again because he complained all, all season about um, Kyrie taking a shine and blah, blah, blah. So now you got your shine. Let's see what you do, young man. You're in the same spot as Kimber Walker. Let's see how you ball. If you don't ball, you you ain't got the right to talk no more shit about nothing. And I'm proud for my dude, Isaiah Thomas. He got a one-year deal. Hopefully, they give him an opportunity to do something with the Wizards. You feel me? So that's how free agency is going right now. We'll have more on the coverage of um, Kawhi Leonard because that's really the only free agent left that matters. You know, then I give my overall summary and review of um, the whole free agent class of 2019 and what team is instantly better and considered a contender. But I can say this too, though. If Kawhi Leonard go to uh, the Lakers, that'll be the second weakest move by a superstar in NBA history because Kevin Durant got so much flack for joining that team. But the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that LeBron stacks the deck with almost every fucking team he goes and plays for. He stacks the deck. After he got swept, in the finals, and after he lost and could never play against Kobe in the NBA finals, after he lost at Orlando Magic and never made it to playing against Kobe, like LeBron learned, I gotta stack the deck. He went to Miami, learned the formula of how to stack the deck. Now, every team he go to, they stack the deck with quality players. It's not even a question. They trying to get the number one or the number two superstar. Like, how can you compare a guy like this to Jordan? When Jordan raised players like Scottie Pippen to win championships with him. 
and just had supplementary parts around him, and they just won championships like that, three-peats and whatnot. How do people try to compare those guys? It doesn't make sense. Kawhi Leonard is more comparable from what I see right now, what he did in Toronto. That's more comparable to me than uh, anything LeBron has ever done. LeBron is LeBron. Jordan is Jordan. Stop comparing them. Jordan's the GOAT. Will always be the GOAT. LeBron's a little bit underneath them. But he's all right with that. Charles Barkley had to come in second every year in MVP voting behind Jordan. I think LeBron would be all right with that. You know what I'm saying? As long as he mentioned in the category and the conversation with the greats. You don't always got to be the great. All of them all of them blind witnesses and all of them people out there trying to claim that he's the GOAT, you stop drinking the Kool-Aid and come down to earth, bro. One guy's undefeated, one guy lost six times. There's no comparison. Um, one guy keeps trying to stack his, his team's deck with nothing but the best players in the NBA. You know, think about it. The Lakers have the top five, three of the top five players in the NBA on the same team. Three of the top five players in the league on your team. Bitches complain about Golden State having four All-Stars. That ain't nothing compared to four MVP caliber players. Or three MVP caliber players. Andre Iguodala was old and they still tried to bring that shit up about him winning the finals MVP and say he's an MVP caliber player. No, he's not. Not regular season. That's when a player is really, really good throughout a whole season. Like KD, like Steph. Those are in those are two MVPs playing together with each other. Alright? If Draymond or Clay could have possibly ever been an MVP, then I could say that about them too. But you have Anthony Davis, a guy who could have possibly been an MVP any point in his career as a postman, a 20 and 10 guy in his sleep. And then you got LeBron James, we all know who he is. And you got Kawhi, we all know who he is. Like, those are three of the top five players in the NBA. And that move's not weak for Kawhi to go play with them. After he didn't already said uh, to um, Rick Buecher of Bleacher Report, why would I want to play with LeBron? I want to beat him. He's got this reputation as being a super team killer. And then he go join one? You can't be fucking serious. That'll be like, that'll be weak to me. I wouldn't blame him for doing it because he did what he had to do, but that'll be a weak move. In the meanwhile... Toronto sitting over there looking hurt. Hurt. They like, damn, we did all we could do for this man. We did all we could do. Just playing across that water, man. Playing across overseas and stuff like that. Like Lou Will was saying a little bit about it, but I don't really trust his opinion because, you know, he's trying to recruit Kawhi at the same time. Saying that uh, you miss your family and you just wish you could go back to the States and they got to get different banks and whatnot, you know. I know he was just trying to recruit Kawhi and trying to get him in the mind state of leaving over there. But uh, he probably got some truth to what he's saying. Um, yeah, I, if I'm Kawhi, me, like I said before, I'm going to say it again. I stay up there. I'm seen as a god. I'm revered. I can eat free wherever I want to all over the land. This is my kingdom now, bitch. I stay there. But if I'm going for legacy and I want to be known as the greatest player in my generation, minus LeBron, if I want to take over from LeBron and steal that crown 
where everybody's trying to crown him the best player of all time, if I want to take it out of his fucking hands right there in front of everybody, I go to the Clippers playing the same building as him and win the NBA Finals before they win the NBA Finals. And that'll be two teams that I brought championships to for the first time in their playoff history. I did what you did LeBron times two. And I beat you two times to do it. Possibly three if you do it over there in the Clippers. In the same city. In the same building. That would be like the ultimate. Like y'all was talking about LeBron. Kawhi. Wipe LeBron completely out of the conversation of GOAT. Completely. That would be greatness. That would be like, yeah, man. I don't know, man. Is this that Jordan guy? And then it's Kawhi. You know, you know he used to wear them shoes too. You feel me? It'd be like, that's how I would look at Kawhi if he did something like that. And to next year, the NBA is going to be wide open with all of these teams making all of these moves. Is the East going to have more solid teams? And the West has always had solid teams. But it brings Golden State off that pedestal of being a juggernaut and KD going to the Brooklyn Nets and uh, the other players on their team that they have signed like D'Angelo Russell coming there, and we don't know how that's going to work out chemistry-wise. Like, now we're going to see how good a coach Steve Curry is. And with Klay Thompson being out, we're going to definitely see because now you have that other perimeter defender gone. Steph Curry's not a perimeter defender. You know what I'm saying? He's a perimeter liability out there for defense. Offense, he just lights you up. So they're going to have to depend on Draymond heavily and their bench heavily to help them. That's why they re-signed Kevin Looney. Jordan Bill was into some shit last year with Mike Brown. That's why he he left, went to the Wolves, because he knew, he, he, knew, he knew the time was coming to an end. As long as KD was there and they won the championship, all bygones would be bygones. But when they didn't win and KD left, a lot of people had to figure out what they wanted to do. And uh, Andre Godala going to the Lakers would be great for the Lakers. Like I said, that'll be a great supplementary part to pair with whatever they're getting. You know what I'm saying? Andre Godala wants to go to the Lakers. So that'll be great for them. You know, just, I'm no hater. I love the game of basketball. But I just don't want to see another example of Golden State where teams get together these players like LeBron ever since LeBron really started this big three era with the best players in the world in the NBA getting together in their prime ever since he started that in Miami he's continued to create that same type of team concept and continue to implement it on whatever team he go to and I just don't like it because that's what led to the creation and the formation of Golden State and everybody being upset and, and pissed off at Kevin Durant, even though LeBron is the one that started it. And it just came back to bite him in the ass. Because, you know, Kevin Durant did the, the version of what he did on steroids. Is it fair? Hell no. That's the, the like, I was just having a discussion with my friends at the park. Like, that move is going to be the most weakest move of all time in NBA history. And Kevin Durant's my favorite player, and I admit it in a minute. But don't you act like you at these motherfucking basketball courts and you picking up teams. You going to pick up somebody that ain't the best player on the court, bitch. A lot of you bitch-ass niggas be picking up the best players on the court. Get them on your team to run the court and have a V. 
you want the best uh, uh, collection of talent you could possibly get on the team at a street pickup ball game. That's why all of that bullshit these motherfuckers be saying on ESPN, I don't listen to it. Because I know what I see at courts. I know what I played against. I be playing against motherfuckers. They be having a seven foot motherfucker, seven foot six, seven motherfucker, a six ten motherfucker, a six six motherfucker, a six three motherfucker, and a six one motherfucker. All on the same team. And they be like, oh, like you can't beat us? Nigga, I'm not in the NBA. I know I'm tall and everything, and I hoop for a long time, but if I wanted to take it that serious, I would have went through the process of becoming an NBA player. Why the fuck y'all put all these motherfuckers on the same team? You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about the Lakers right now. If I'm the rest of the NBA, why the fuck would you put these motherfuckers? Why would you let this happen, Adam Silver? Why? The league was just starting to look good again. Fucking fans was just starting to stop complaining. There, it was something for everybody in this free agency, except for the Knicks. It was something for everybody but them. All right? And that's because they have a sorry-ass owner. But all the rest of the team, everybody got away with something. Even the bad teams. Even the bad teams like uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Think about it. They got with Zion. The kid that's overhyped, I don't think that he's going to be all that great. But he got all this hype behind him. They got that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. Everybody got something. And if Kawhi, you do that shit, that's weak, though. That's that's weak like that KD shit. But we, we only got time to tell. It remains to be seen what Kawhi's going to do. Don't nobody know what he's going to do. Hopefully me... I think that he would remember those words he said to Rick Buecher about not wanting to play against LeBron. He wanted to beat him, you know, and um, hopefully he do what he do. You know what I'm saying? He signed with the Clippers. You feel me? I would love that move because you got dogs over there that took uh, Golden State the distance in the first round that could possibly win an NBA championship the year you go there. You know what I'm saying? You got a Hall of Fame coach. A great owner in Steve Ballmer. I love Steve Ballmer, man. He's a good owner, man. He's a good owner. He generally enjoys the games. He generally, like, really enjoys that shit. And he's over there on the sideline rooting for the team. Ever since he got that team from Donald Sterling, he's been a model owner. You know? Well, they doing away with the word owner. Manager or whatever they're calling him. He's been a model guy. You feel me? For that team. So... I feel like the owners or the executives that um, have these teams, they're like the mascot for the team if they're a great big personality and they're a billion-dollar dude. And I feel like having like a Dolan as your mascot automatically hurts your team. But having like a, a, a Pat Riley as your mascot, you know what I'm saying? Like say, for instance, a Michael Jordan as your mascot for your team. That's supposed to attract other players to come want to play for you when you have these icons on your team, you know? But, uh, yeah, like I said, good for Miami getting Jimmy Butler. Still remain to be seen if Pat Riley can get dumped those other two bad contracts. Then I will give a formal apology on the next episode. Uh, 
Yeah, but we're going to wrap this up for today. It's been Crash Culture. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and share us. Like I said, we got YouTube channel. All of these are Crash Culture TV. As soon as you type in Crash Culture, you get that TV. All of that stuff pop up. But this is the only place you can get the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasting. It's Crash Culture. We out.